Welcome to the Bantering Bosses podcast. Are we on? We're on. We're All live. Right. Episode one here. And yeah, we're excited. It's been a long time coming. And thanks for joining us. This is our first try at this, so <laughs> I know we're going to get better at it. It is a little exciting. I agree with CJ. Definitely. So we got some interesting topics, some topical topics to chat about, and some sports and stuff to go with. And I think Jerry's going to get us the uh, quote of the day here. The quote of the day is, Deserve, you got nothing to do with it. So we're starting, and I think the first thing that we have to chat about is clear the air. Clear the air. How? How? First off, Jerry's what the does filo, what does filodio well, mean? I mean, we got to get a pronunciation check on this first before we well, uh, even get into that. I think so. In a simple way, filotimo. So if you say it quickly, filotimo. Yeah. It, it's basically a ancient Greek word. Propaganda, that, that, Greek propaganda. No, it's not really propaganda, <laughs> but Greek word that basically Philly means friend and Timo means honor. So basically you combine those two and it means a lot to be honorable with the people you associate with. That's what Philotimo stands for. Um, and uh, anybody in that culture, in, in that universe knows exactly what Philotimo is. It's been used many times by by my parents telling me whenever I did something, don't you have any Filotimo on you regarding it? So CJ okayed it. He authorized it when he found out we had we had that person who um, kind of helped, helped us, helped us out and determined, yeah. and he was pretty impressed by the word as well. So that's what we're going to go for. And Give, I think for, for me, I, I got on board with it because working with you for the past eight years, that, that's really what we try to to we we strive to achieve that with with our clients they're not just clients we we strive to be honorable friends and and a little bit you know more than just a client advisor relationship uh and and so we, we and, work and there is some responsibility with that word when, when you mention that word mm-hmm. and you'll learn it more and more as we go forward you mention word philotimo you deal with clients it just means something there it's it's one of those intangible we might short, we might shorten it to pwm philotimo wealth management just for ease of pronunciation but uh but no it's uh it's it's been exciting to go through this process we have the logos um and uh and now we're starting with our and it took us it took us a year to to get (laughs) the website to get everything going (laughs) so it is a little a little bit exciting that we're actually doing this so yes and we've had the website for the you know our website philotimowealth.ca for a few months four months or something yeah yeah and sharing some articles uh, on Instagram and all that stuff is linked below. Um, and yeah, so I think with, with the website, what we're hoping to do is to share some timely articles, things that, that we're finding um, are good reads and uh, timely reads because there's so much news out there nowadays. We don't want to add to the noise. We, we hope to cut through it and, and be providing good stuff that you can find value in. And what better time to start your web page and, and podcast at the most turbulent time that we've had in a while. So Ooh, it's, it's been a little so, bit turbulent, yeah. Yeah, so that part of it is, it's not funny, but it is, it is, I find it neat that we're actually starting at a time where maybe people need 
some help and assistance in what's yep. going on. Like, like CJ says, the, the noise, what is going on out there? Well, and in today's um, day and age, you know, when we're talking with clients, we had a lot of these conversations with clients on an individual basis. So this is a good way for maybe the clients we haven't gotten in or the clients that ha we haven't spoken to more recently to get an idea of, you know, what our thoughts are on um, current events and things like that. Yeah. And those clients that we have had a chance to actually speak to in person or zoom are probably going to hear a lot of the same stuff that they heard in front of us. Mm -hmm. So uh, to those people, thanks for listening and yeah. thanks for joining us for another session, I guess. So, yeah. And overall, I think the idea with the podcast here is, you know, not to be, uh, not to get too in the weeds with, with stuff, but to keep it a little bit more informal. Like you see, we're going to be talking about Super Bowl and some sports stuff, some of our interests, um, and, and not just about finance related topics. So I think it'll find and a I, good mix. Yeah. And I think that is the plan going forward. We, we want to find what's relevant at the time that the next mm -hmm. podcast is, and then also go off the board and talk about life. What's going on? You know, what are you reading? What are you seeing? What restaurant did you go to? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a million things going on that uh, would be nice to pass on information and receive it as well. So that, that's and and that's for sure. I mean, hopefully, if this thing evolves, you know, we want to hear what what you guys you know want us to chat about, and uh, and hopefully, it even um, you know sparks more conversations. If you hear us chatting about something um, and and you reach out to us, hopefully, it'll spark some more conversations. And that is, yeah, and that is a great point. Like, if if somebody has a topic or something they would like. Mm -hmm. You know, like we know RSP season is coming at the end of this, this month, yeah. you know, taxes are coming. There's all kinds of stuff. Hearing from you and giving us a heads up of what you want to talk about, it'll be great. It'll give us some motivation to, you know, feed more information out. So definitely. So no time like the present. We might as well uh, get started here where we are trying to keep it within five minutes. So we have five topics, five minutes a topic. Um, and, and the bell's going to go off and we're, we're going to move on. So the banter will certainly be there, but we're going to try to keep it clear and concise. Yeah. Um, and banter just, just nice and clear here. It doesn't mean we're going to be against each other or our thoughts or whatever. It just means we, we're going to voice back and forth of, of what we see is going on. And, and we have a tendency to take different routes to potentially, you know, no, most times the same answer, um, but, but different routes there. So. It, it should be. Yeah, accepted. CG just needs some help getting there. That's all. <laughs> that's he, but he'll be all right. You'll understand. You'll understand. Everyone will see all about it here. All right. So, here we go. So there you go. So let's let's jump into the first topic here, uh, inflation. And so our five minutes has begun. And uh, I think, you know, inflation has been a buzzword in, in the news cycles uh, over the last six months or even a year people have been talking about it, right? Absolutely. And, and my brother gave me the best punchline. He goes, what's it going on? He went to buy four tomatoes and they were $1.25 each, size of mm -hmm. a tangerine. How can five tomatoes cost, four tomatoes cost $5? I told him that's inflation. And he just looked at me and said, something's wrong here. So yeah. inf inflation is, is the hidden, is the hidden wedge that, that people, we live, but we just have to understand that cost of things goes up and everybody knows that you fill up your car with gas, you go to the grocery store, you, you go to buy a coffee. It's not what it costs and you just shrug, but that's, that's what inflation is. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if we, you know, we have a quick chart here just to show you 
um, on that angle. Uh, the, the inflationary chart here, so this is, this is U.S. Uh, consumer price index and, and just how it's fluctuated since back to the 70s. So you can see, you know, back in uh, Jerry's day, the very good point. Jerry was around Actually, in the 80s. He remembers, the okay, all right. he remembers the 14% inflation that CJ was still not around at that time, but at yeah. least it's in the chart. And, and uh, what you're looking at here is the, the uh, actual percentage uh, change from year to year. That's on the left-hand side of the chart. So when Jerry referenced that 14%, we can see that number in 1980, right around that 14 15%. Now, the red line that you're looking at here is going to be inflation of everything. And then the blue line that you can see is a little less volatile. That's actually just the inflation numbers with the food and energy stripped out. So food and energy historically more volatile, more volatile. in terms of the price fluctuations there. So they strip that out when they're figuring out. Uh, and that's what people see first, right? The first thing they notice is how much, what does this gas thing cost? Like you said, the tomatoes. How much the oranges cost? Exactly. That's the yep. first things that they see. That's right. Yeah, and, and so th th what we can see here too is that just in 2020, if we look on the right-hand side of that chart there, you see that spike there. So that's that's what we're talking about here. The last six months that it, inflation has dramatically spiked up uh, year over year, partly to do with that 2020. You know, nobody went anywhere for a few months in, in early 2020, got back in 2021 um, a little bit. Um, and, and now we're, we're looking at a larger spike here as hopefully we're getting closer. And we have to, we have to also know that the, the bank of Canada, their target inflation, what, what they keep telling us is that one to 3% range. It's been the same mm -hmm. thing for a long, long time. U S is kind of similar, but you can see from the chart that as we start to drift a little bit, you know, we heard some numbers, I think it was last a couple of weeks ago. 5.8 Canada, four point, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so now that target number is hovering above. So everyone gets a little more anxious as to, Hey, what's going on? What do we do? Of course, this is going to lead into interest rates and into other stuff we're going to talk about. And I, I think the, the main thing here with, with the, uh, sorry, the main thing here with the inflation conversation is that it's not always bad. And, and so no. inflation is, is healthy in a good, healthy economy to have a bit of inflation. Now, if you have too much inflation, we worry about hyperinflation, but I think we're a little bit of a ways off from inflation or hyperinflation. And we've always, historically, we've always been able to deal with some form of inflation, deflation, the other way, we've never experienced that. And that mm -hmm. becomes a whole different type of problem. So I do agree with CJ. It's not a catastrophe, but it has to be dealt with. And I think that's what the plan is here. From and, and there's the been that we've all heard about the supply chain issues and the disruptions for uh, ports and shipping and no production, no, no containers, all of these things over the last two years with these COVID uh, shutdowns and, and that and, and businesses having to shut down because of outbreaks and everything. So, I mean, there, that, that I think definitely lends to higher inflation because the less supply. Um, how many signs of people seen labor wanted, labor wanted everywhere you look that they're mm -hmm. looking for people and they can't find people and, and they're trying to increase wages. They're trying to do whatever they can. And that, that into in tune by itself adds another component to the whole inflation problem that we're And having. I think as long as, you know, our clients and, and, and people have, if you're working, as long as your salary is, is going up as well, 
we're not in too much trouble. And if you're if you're a retired uh, client or, or a retired person out there on fixed income, you don't have a salary. So now you got to make sure that your portfolio is outpacing inflation, so that you know when you're when you're looking at uh, your portfolio and the nece- the cost of for necessities, you want to make sure your portfolio outpacing inflation, so you're not eroding. Um, your purchasing power, as you say, you have less dollar, your dollar goes uh, not as far. And it, it's hard to understand that you usually live it. You usually buy something, mm-hmm. pay something, and then that's when it, it hits you. What the heck's going on? And I think that's what's happened to a lot of people right now. They know it's there, and how do we fix it? All right, we so. went a slightly over there, boss, slightly over there on a time, but we're watching it. We're watching it. We're, we're working on it. So our next topic is interest rates. So we've all heard about uh, Fed raising interest rates, Canada, U.S., um, and, and more recently, a little bit of a kick the can down the road to, to March. Um, nothing yet, but they've been, uh, for lack of a better term, threatening that they're going to raise the interest rates. Have they not uh, been threatening for term? about it's, three years now? It's Sorry. been a while, but oh. uh, yeah, 2018 was the last time they uh, moved them a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, so in terms of the interest rates, uh, I, I think the the main thing that we want to talk about here is what, you know, what, what does that mean for the stock market? What does that mean for, uh, you know, debt your holders, mortgages, and, and, and the, the debt side of it as well, the mortgage side of it too. So I think if we were to start on the, on the stock side of it here, uh, I'm going to go like that. So, so we're just looking at a chart here. What happens after the first rate hike? stocks do well. So um, you can see in this chart, the date of the first hike. So this goes back to the rate hikes all the way back to 83. How does the S&P 500, which is a good index to use when we're talking about a global, it is a US index, um, but it's a good global uh, benchmark for how things are around the world. So we like to use that one when we're, you know, looking at some of this data here. So it, I think what this chart shows is next three months after that first hike, a little bit rocky from, from what we're looking at here. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Um, but w- I think what the main thing is to take away from this is that 12 months out after that first rate hike, it gets better. It gets better. And I think that's the key. That's the key thing. There. You, you still have to, um, you know, adjust your, your quality of life, et cetera, for those time periods, because mm-hmm. Historically, it does it does mean it gets absorbed and we and we move forward. Mm-hmm. It may be a little uncomfortable, you know, along the way. I, I always smile when I look at 1987 because that kind of ages me, of of that Black Monday date, mm-hmm. how the world came to an end, and 12 months later, huh? Well, we we're still here, similar to what happened in 2000 with the, with the well, and you, you, you can know, really see that so there because in the next six months after that would have been October 1st, which would have been slightly just before that. So we're up. They're up 20% there, and then no, 12 months later, it was only up one. So you kind of see that Black Monday in there. It's not easy. It's not easy. However, you know, these companies, you know, everything's based on future revenue. Their numbers are still forecasted to go up. So again, back to what CJ's earlier comments were about noise. Don't get trapped by the noise that everything's coming to an end because it's not. Okay. And I think more so than the the hikes is the the uncertainty that that is around it. the market just hates uncertainty so we're uncertain are they going to raise rates 50 basis points 25 basis points are they going to do a five times they're going to do a four times and uh you know I, to steal your line my crystal ball is a little bit foggy 
Um, Mine's clear, actually. But uh, yours is clear. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, we'll save that. Save it for... The Canadians historically have, have been more more calmer with the quarter percent mm-hmm. increases, you know, multiple times. But I think whatever. once they put it out there, and, and, and now businesses, consumers, people, we know now, okay, here's where we're looking well, at. Yeah. And you know what? Some of this is priced in. So I think mm-hmm. the feds, I, I'm more inclined to guess that the feds might be going at the 50 basis points. They don't want to hit hit it so many times. They'd rather hit it a fewer times, but with 50 basis points. Sure. And like you said earlier, those increases allow them to have some bullets to use later on if they have to reduce it again. Because right now, there's nothing left. And mm-hmm. inflation is up, and they have nothing the that negative, they can do. Negative rates, because I wrote negative. No, I don't want to talk Japan. about negative rates. Okay, Japan. I don't want to talk about negative rates. I'm just saying it's much easier to have you know, some stuff in, in, in your ammo that we can actually go the other way again. And if things, things are going to. well, like things are going in the right direction, you know, people that stimulus checks have gone through, uh, you know, we're not getting that anymore, but you know, people have money and it, it, it is, the numbers do show that on average, it, it is a positive picture right now. Um, so it's, it could a be a good time to and raise a lot of, rates a bit right. get those and bullets. Lot, and a lot of stats are coming up with people having money. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're hoarding money, maybe partly because there's nowhere to spend it. Can't go on vacation. They can't. Yeah. yeah. You know, cruises and, and stuff has, has been postponed and, and stuff that they would yeah. normally have spent on. Even a car, there's lack of inventory to buy a car. Right? Yeah, you can't get one. So you're you can't get one. You want to get one. You have the money to get one, but you can't get one. And I think we were running out of time there. But, but quickly, I wanted to mention as well for our clients that are jumping into the housing market uh, to kind of lend into our lead into our next topic, too. But with interest rates potentially going up, I wouldn't make any decisions to do something just because interest Radical. rates are going to go up, right? Because if you have interest rates go up, you could get a you know slight cooling there, and, and it's you know it's not going to be the end of the world uh, if if interest rates get raised a quarter of a point, and you know you have to worry about qualifying and and the housing prices. Now but, you're gonna now you're gonna put me into the corner. If you're worrying about a quarter of a percent increase, you shouldn't be buying that house in the first place. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So we so think of it that way. Don't rush into it. That's I, right. I, we've heard some people, you know, getting, yeah. you know, feeling the pressure, feeling the pressure to get well, in. Well, if I don't get in, I'm never going to get in. Like and, that's and standard. We yeah, hear that all the so time. You want to avoid that. So, okay. So yeah, jumping into the housing market. Uh, How do we do on time wise? We, we we were we were six or seven minutes there. So we're, what more? We're oh yeah yeah we're. Well, so, I mean, these are big l- topics and you talk know, less. Anyway, uh, okay, I, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So the housing market, jump into the housing market here. Um, and uh, so obviously this has been a huge issue in Canada and it's talked about all the time. Uh, homeowners are super happy because they've participated in their houses doubling and massive value increase, equity increase. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's been positive for the economy too, because people have money, they're, they're using their you know, lines of credit and stuff like that to, to be able to renovate and stay in their homes. Stimulating the economy. But, and I think, you know, in terms of where we think the housing market is going, what factors are driving this moving forward, we have this discussion almost daily. Three times a day. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, so I, I like to look at the factors that are, that will allow the housing market to continue to go up. And then the factors that are, you know, could, you know, cool the housing market or, or you could see a flattening of the price of houses and, and or even a downturn, uh, the house prices going down. 
and, and kind of balance them all out. What are you, what are your thoughts there? Well, I wish back in, um, I think it was 1978 with my economics class at Laurier. I wish I listened <laughs> because clearly inelastic demand, clearly this <laughs> supply and demand curve that I remember him telling me mm -hmm. trying to grab. Okay, buddy. I, I have, I, I have to admit being personally, I, I have changed over the last three to five years as to just wait, just wait till interest rates go up, just wait and nothing's happened. But it, it to me personally, it's become very, very obvious that we have the number one problem is we have a supply issue. We just, we are just not producing enough houses and we put immigration in when you put people looking for the their first homes, the population growth. And, yeah. and CJ has some great numbers on that stuff mm -hmm. as well. Clearly that is our issue. So then the bottom line is, are we fixing that? Well, right now, lots of noise, but I don't see any noise about contractors, builders, building more homes right now. Well, and I, I read something that 250,000 houses are tabled in Ontario to be built from that are approved 2019 and before that haven't been, haven't broken ground yet. So it's, it's the bureaucracy too is, is kind of, you know, delaying this whole process as well. And I, and again, you know, we're, we're obviously talking to you from Guelph mm -hmm. and anybody that's been in this city for a long time clearly sees, you know, what's happened 10, 20 years ago where, where builders, Thompson and Reed and all these people were building subdivisions everywhere. There's nothing. It's infill, meaning they take down two big properties on Gordon Street and replace them with two apartment buildings of 10 mm -hmm. floors. Yeah. Um, and of course, that has that has effects in the future of how you're going to raise your family. Well, and what we've seen in Guelph too is people from Toronto, and and you know they they're down they're downsizing, but it's upsizing to Guelph. So we're seeing a lot of and those numbers and some more. of those numbers have come up at at roughly seventy five percent of outside of Guelph real estate agents buying homes in Guelph. We're gonna fact check that one. So well, okay, we better check it, but. It, <laughs> It's been a big number. It's, it's yeah, a significant it's number. I mean, on my street alone, significant. We've had uh, probably seven houses uh, that have turned over in the yeah. last eighteen months, and I think six of them have been from people from out, out of Guelph. in GTA yeah. outside of Guelph, of Guelph moving in. So I, exactly. I think your number is probably well. I was going to say sixty-five or seventy, but it looks like because more. And so, more what makes it? You know, this is our argument that we have all the time. What makes it? You, you know, you've got a minute here if we're going to make time, but what makes it? Uh, what what makes this slow down? What what makes this slow down? What makes this turn around the opposite way? If you go to the perimeter of Guelph and you go out one mile and there's acres and acres and acres of vacant land that is qualified mm -hmm. agricultural farmland, if if the green belt places to grow were to expand to that and the builders were allowed to put up a thousand new homes or whatever yeah. it is, it, it would not solve the problem, but it would definitely slow it down. But I don't see that happening. So uh, I don't know what to say. I think that we just have to keep an eye on it. The supply has to start matching to. that population growth. I think the, the key number well, is, the federal is government, that. Well, like, the federal government has authorized 400,000 immig immigrations mm -hmm. that come in every year. Where are they going? 65% are going to Ontario to the Toronto area. Yeah. But you just finished saying they're not building any houses. Where are these people living? Yeah. And I mean, the, the other, uh, we just ran out, but the, the other factor here too that, that we've seen a lot of clients um, kind of get into the rental property game and 
and, and, and that's been good. But we're, we're seeing a lot of people, they have equity in their homes. They say, I'm going to buy another house and then keep that house as a rental, which takes it off the market. It's not part of supply anymore. It's part of the rental supply. It's part of the rental for people to rent. But when we're talking that, homeowners. And that's happening way more than we think. Way more. Because even us talking to clients, we're having multiple properties. That 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 housing supply shrinks even further yeah. when, when it gets they get off the market. And those are long term, probably long term, yeah. you know, investments and in that. So so we're uh, we're into the Super Bowl now. Finally. We got finally. the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, get your glasses on. Finally, finally, finally. Jerry made all his notes oh, for no. our Super Bowl conversation. No, no, it's not a Super Bowl. Uh, Go ahead. And, uh, no, so the Super Bowl's coming up. Jerry and I are big football fans. And uh, and so obviously we've been watching the playoffs, watching how everything's been shaken out on there, and uh, I think you know we got the Bengals in there, and and the Rams, the Rams obviously, and it's nice to see Matt Stafford in there. He toughed it out in Detroit. Ten for, years, uh, eleven years of torture. Cold, cold in Detroit. Torture. There. So now now he's in L.A. and he made it. So good for him. That's that's exciting. And then the Bengals. Um, shout out to my father-in-law. He's, he's had the Bengals every year. I've been with my wife for 15 years. He's had the Bengals for 15 years. I don't, I think they've won one playoff game or maybe two and he takes them every year in the first round. So uh, 30 years or something, it's 31 years. He's, he's, he might've finally made some of his money back here with the, uh, with the Bengals this year, but yeah, it's not, I, it's going to be interesting to see how LA is playing at home. So, but that's, that's by luck. That's not a. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be the same thing happened to Tampa last year, right? So, um, and the, the the one thing, maybe not so football related, but that uh, is is frustrating to see, um, is the people, the fans in the stands there. Uh, you know, you, you see, you you wonder how they can make it work. We can't make it work. Whatever, whatever it is. It's just, you know, you see these 90,000 people gathering. That's another topic uh, at another there time. There you go. I, okay. okay. All right. Yep. So you're trying to tell me my Leafs are playing in empty stadiums. Exactly. I mean, we got to watch the Leafs. That would be another podcast at another time. Exactly. Okay. The Leafs are playing in empty But stadiums. just to summarize quickly for the Super Bowl, I do watch football all the time. I probably, doesn't mean I know much more, but I, I obviously watch enough. Um, Stafford is Stafford. We know about him from Detroit. This kid, Joe Burrows. Um, I, I thought the Rams would win the Super Bowl in Week Ten because they just had the best team. You Doesn't didn't, mean you didn't tell anybody, but you, no, you I did. Thought that. I did actually okay, tell okay, everybody because okay, okay. I thought they had the best team, not see, individual players. See, next year we'll have the podcast so we can. Fact, but you can excuse me, these. but Joe Burrows, mm-hmm. this kid has played in seven high-pressure games in college and three playoff games. He hasn't lost, so you you can't just shrug him off. I think that when the dust settles here, that the, he they have a legitimate shot here at to upsetting win. I mean, yeah. of winning it. He's like they, played in plenty of he, big games. Ex- so he's played he's, in ninety thousand yeah. in college, four four yeah. huge bowl games, mm-hmm. and he won all four of them. Yeah. And now he's played three playoff games in the NFL, and he won them. Found a way to win. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, let's get to the most serious part. Okay. <laughs> well, how could we talk about football, Jerry, Go without Go ahead, mentioning? Hmm. By the way, to to preface this comment. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Jerry's a Miami, Miami Dolphins, Dolphins Miami fan. Dolphin fan. And, and so neither of us are fans but necessarily, but you have to respect the greatness and, and acknowledge the retirement of uh, TB12, Tom Brady. 
what a career. Absolutely remarkable. He's on the Mount Rushmore of I'm going to allow CJ. Of all times I'm going to allow CJ okay. to continue his. I know his Jerry has raving. a lot to say, and we got two minutes, and we still got to uh, talk about betting apps. But we <laughs> I'm going to let him finish, and then I have my little points here. I tried to my do it only Tom Brady stat. This is my okay. favorite one, and okay. I don't know. I don't know if this one has been affected by the fact he didn't make the Super Bowl this year. But heading into this past season, Tom Brady, there was a better chance that Tom Brady was going to make the Super Bowl, was going to make it to the Super Bowl, than Steph Curry was going to make a basket. In an NBA well, game, and that's, which is that is Steph Curry is one of the most one of the one, no not goes one of down the best. in history as the best the shooter, best. which is crazy. So Brady was crazy seven stat. for seven for twenty one, which is thirty three percent for Super Bowl wins. For, but he was eleven for he, he he entered 10, 10, I think it is. He lost three mm-hmm. one seven, I think. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, are you finished with your patting on the back? Go ahead, Tom Brady. Yeah, you got sixty seconds. No, I I gotta have more than sixty seconds here because okay, so. Tom Brady just announced his retirement, folks, uh, and he no doubt oh, he prepared his speech. He no doubt <laughs> he no doubt receives a lot of praise for his long, successful career. He did win seven Super Bowls in twenty-two years. No one is even close. So, how do we look at this? Should he be looked at differently than Barry Bonds, Lance Armstrong, Roger Clemens, Houston Astros, even Pete Rose? I don't know. When you mention Tom Brady, you also have to mention the New England Patriots, and they are both convicted cheaters. Let's take a look at the facts. My colleague CJ, excuse me, my colleague CJ likes facts. I'm going to throw the first one out in 1982, which was before his time. It was called the Snowplow Gate. Anybody my age remembers Brady was not part of this, so don't put blame on Brady here. The Patriots in this snow blizzard. Ten seconds. Some some guy came out with a snowplow, cleaned the path, and they kicked an overtime field goal and won three nothing. So and that became a big thing. 2001. Tuck Only gate. in 2001? Now I'm going to go to Brady. I'm just going to go to Brady. Okay. 2001, tuck, the tuck gate rule. Brady clearly fumbled the ball in a divisional game against the Raiders. Everybody complained about it. The NFL called it a tuck rule. It took them about 10 years to realize they made a mistake. Brady ended up winning his first, first Super Bowl when the game was over on that one. So that was the start. Of- 10 years later. So congratulations, Tom Brady, with an asterisk. Remember, deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Okay, that was. I, I was so looking. Forward I have to a that. good idea for the editing crew on that, so we'll be able to. Get oh yeah, that. I can so, just imagine what's going to happen. Okay. All right, on to the next last topic here, um, and so we, we wanted to talk about a few things that we're we're watching, and I don't know if we call them recommendations, but a few things we're watching, reading, and and uh, we're finding uh, we're finding value, and so one of the things uh, shows for me. Been, I watched the latest season of Ozark, and you're behind on that stuff. I haven't, no, I haven't seen it yet, so don't. Classic tell me show. I mean, don't gives give a me bit of a bad rap to financial advisors, but um, you know, good, uh, good show. And and this season didn't disappoint. I think it's a two-parter, so um, the, the it was highly entertaining. The first three, se- or whatever it was, the first seven episodes, no spoilers, yeah. but the seventh one ends where you know, it can't end like that. So there's another seven coming up. Oh, so that, what you're saying about right now? Yeah, there's yeah. another seven coming up. So. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, um, the other thing that uh, I, I really have enjoyed is this book, um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He's an FBI, famous FBI negotiator. And, um, you know, the, he just talks about negotiation tactics and, and the art of negotiation. He actually has a master class, which is a... Which, uh, negotiation means somebody who gets 
kidnapped or, or well, or he's a heist. Or... So that's how he started. Okay. He started by negotiating with terrorists and yeah. uh, you know bank robbers and hostage, uh, well, hostage situations, okay. that kind of stuff. And then now he's since he's retired, he's taken what he learned doing that and some of the things that that him when he's working with the FBI built on um, and and the tactics that they would use. And he's kind of made them for everyday life for when you're talking with your spouse, when you're talking with your kids, when you're talking with your boss, you're talking with oh, clients. So it's not directly, so it's, it's not criminal related stuff. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's all life. stuff. It's about, you know, how you can mirror what somebody says to empathize yeah. with them, label how they're feeling to, oh, to make them feel heard. Um, and it's uh, an easy read. Like you can, it, it was an easy read. I, I was into it and uh, he, he gives three, you know, he gives, he says there's three different types of personalities and, when I was reading it, I, I could see which personality quite you clearly were? that I was. And I could see quite clearly what kind of personality my wife was as well, Jess. And so it was really cool. I read it to her and I said, you know, does it sound like you or me? And she, she agreed, she agreed on, on both of them. And so it, it does give you some tips on, you know, how to approach people with that personality. Like the golden rule is always treat others. This is what he says, treat others as you would like to be treated. That's been around for a hundred years. And he's adapted that to say, you know, treat others like they need to be treated, um, which is, you know, by recognizing what kind of personality they have and uh, adapting your treatment you, of them. You realize that's a subcontext of Philotimo, right? Like it's, you, you know exactly. that, right? Okay, yeah, there good. you go. So we're, we're, we're tying it all together. Good. What do you, what do you uh, Okay, I'm just, what I'm going to say is I watch lots of movies and I watch not the regular movies. I do watch those too. But two movies that I'm going to highly recommend. Um, one is called Away from Her, and it's a it's actually a Canadian movie starring Julie uh, Christie, Gordon Pinsett, and you'll if you see him you'll know exactly who he is. Olympia Dukakis, people know who she is. Um, Julie was nominated for an Academy Award and she won the Golden Globe in this performance. This is an extremely powerful movie about dementia. It's a soft spot for me because my dad's in a nursing home with dementia, but anyone over the age of 50 or are 60 with a loved one who is aging, um, parent, grandparent, will no doubt feel a bit of sadness if they see this movie. Um, and the storyline, it's about an absolute, incredibly wonderful marriage of an aging couple. Um, and then the wife of some 50 years starts to be a little forgetful and decides to admit herself, herself into long-term care facility because at the start of her dementia, to basically save her husband the agony of having to look after her. And of course, the husband disapproval, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But he finally agrees with her because she's she's adamant she's gonna do it. So when he brings her to the home, the home says, don't worry, we'll take care of your wife, but for 30 days, there's no visits. We just need her to get established here, etc." So basically, all I'm gonna tell you without giving you away the story is after 30 days, he begins his daily visits. It is a movie that every single person, I'm serious, mm -hmm. should see. Like there's, it's a phenomenal performance. That's my one. Yeah. The other one is a recent one that I, I, by Fluke, it's called Last Full Measure. These are on Netflix, by the way. They're both Th on Netflix. They are on Netflix? Netflix. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Last Full Measure. It has a phenomenal cast. So when you read the cast and it says, Christopher Plummer, William Hurt, Ed Harris, Samuel L. Jackson, Peter Fonda. What the heck's going on? Like, how can all these people be in the same movie? Well, this movie is based on real life events and the uh, 
cinematography um, is amazing and brings us back from a Vietnam War to the present 35 years later. It just goes back and forth. It is a war movie, but it's not really a war movie. So um, it's basically about a soldier that saved 60 soldiers while, while they were in Vietnam, but was not given the nation's highest honor of valor, the Purple's Heart. They gave him these other awards. It follows the timeline of 30 years after his death, where Airman William Pitzenberger is finally awarded for what he did through the lives of these people that he saved. I was mesmerized. It, it was just one of those really, really powerfully good movies. So nice. again, it's not action-filled. It's not a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. my, my wife Jane says everybody should be watching Murdoch Mysteries because we see all kinds of stuff. Guelph, Cambridge. It's, it's, a, it's filmed at Guelph. Yeah, yeah. The it's unbelievable. Mysteries. Like yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she makes sure she wanted me to say that. But mm -hmm. if you guys get a chance, anybody listening to this who's my age, I'm just over 60, but even if you're 50, away from her, please take the time to watch mm -hmm. it very powerful well and a lot of people can you know resonate with with well, family and stuff that well they have somebody scenario. right yeah yeah and dementia is one of those things that we can yeah. talk about that forever but it's it's one of those cruel diseases that you better mm -hmm. address yeah well that one's in the books so we uh had some interesting topics today and some good uh conversation and uh we're uh i gonna fully expect editing so <laughs> all my great lines i suspect may be removed <laughs> When I finally hear the final well, version of this. Well, it's up to this. the editor, you know. We're going to have to leave it up to them. So. Who's the editor? Sorry, who's the yeah. editor? Yeah, I, well, it's me right okay, now. Okay, good. So, okay, so. Folks, thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks very and, much for tuning uh, in. We're going to get this better and better. And thanks again. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so that's it.